Hi, welcome to this episode of the Zen Teachings Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're trying something a little bit new today. We have not done this before. I want to give you an opportunity to hear from some of our senior students. With me today, I have, I have John Moises. He's been a student with us at the dojo for nine years. Uh, he's practiced seven years on his own before that. He practiced Tungsudo and Shotokan for, for many years. He's a fantastic partner, one of my personal favorite people to actually practice with. He's got great control, incredible discipline, um, and we're just really happy to have him. And I wanted to talk to him a little bit about how practice has influenced his life and why he makes such an effort. John's got two kids, a wife, a busy career, and he makes an effort to be in the dojo three, four days a week. He teaches for us. He's really a fantastic asset to our community. So, John, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this talk. Awesome. Me too. Me too. Um, so we just kind of, as I said in the intro, I wanted to just talk to you about your practice, what it means to you. And I guess really we should start at the beginning. I mean, why do you, why do you commit so much time? Well, because it, it gives me a way, I I can't even put it into words, but it's so important in my life and my family's life. We've integrated everything that we learn and practice um, and from Sifu in our everyday lives. I mean, there's not a day that doesn't go by that we don't talk about one of the, one of the many things that we learn, partners, not opponents, destruction of ego, everything, because it's so applicable to everything that we do that we've really just embraced it. And that's why, I mean, I, I don't get there as much as I'd like mm-hmm. now that we've got kids and they're young and now starting to go to school and things like that, but it really gives us another way to have a conversation that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And I think it's especially with, you know, I don't just practice, my wife practices too. And the fun, one of the funny things is that before I got her involved at the dojo, because I started first and then she came later, we never had any kind of conversations about personal growth or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that that language, I guess. But she had done all these kinds of practices on her own, and I started really getting into the teachings of the dojo, and then it opened up this whole new this whole new conversation for us that I didn't even know existed. Well, how did you convince her? She had never done any martial arts before. Mm-mm. So how did you get her to do her first class? It was actually the. Um, women's self-defense class okay she was always she i hope she she won't mind that i'm talking about her um (laughs) (laughs) she lived in she's always lived in an apartment so she's always worried about you know being attacked or something like that and being able to defend herself so i said hey you should take this class and there's a little arm pulling but she went and she really liked it i said you should come and then she came and just because of the way our school is set up and the the, te- the way the things that people learn that are great self-defense, great martial arts, but also everything else really attracted her to the dojo. So that's how I got her in. I think that, that's a, that's an awesome story. And it kind of touches on, you know, you've practiced so long. And John, he, he sounds very mild-mannered. He's a, he's a really nice guy. He's fantastic. But he can definitely defend himself. And, and his, his wife, obviously, she came for the self-defense and saw more and stayed. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people 
don't expect coming into the dojo. You know, when I when I started practice, it was because of a video game and and to go and and to be like Mortal Kombat and just do kung fu. You mm-hmm. know, and here I am 24 or 5 years later in the same school and I definitely think I can protect myself. I think I can I fight, think you can. I can do all that. <laughs> but but that's not why you stay, you know. And so right. and so for you obviously I, I think that you probably saw more and and so did she. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing for me was I had practiced at other places before. So, and I think I was very similar to you. I had, I always wanted to just do martial arts because mm-hmm. it, it was cool. It Especially cool. when you're yeah. young. It's cool. You know, I, I, I always wanted to do it when I was little and I never had the opportunity. And when I was in college, um, my first semester, there's a karate class. I said, I'm taking that. Mm-hmm. And I did that for my phys ed, and then I was sucked in, and it was great. But it was one of those things where you're young. It was more like playing a sport for me. It's something I did. I enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was just fun. But after a few years, I was like, okay, well, that was great. Right now, now I moved on next? to some other things mm-hmm. and did other things in my life. But the interesting thing was, for me, you know, I I practiced when I was college, then I went, stopped, went on with my life, started in in the working world, and I was just working and not really having any kind of physical activity. So I found, I'm like, why I should do martial arts again. So I found another school and started there. I'm like, oh, this is great. Kind of had the same kind of experiences and memories that I had and I was a little bit older so I had practiced before so I was a little more confident that I'm like okay I I know this stuff and the same thing happened three years later I'm like okay that was that was this is great but you know other things became more important career and and other just other things in life and then I moved here to Royal Oak and I was kind of in the same spot. I, I had a new job. It was very stressful. Actually, no, I was already out of that job. I was kind of, I was kind of in limbo career-wise. And I, I seen people at the school forever because I lived in Royal Oak for a few years. Driving down Woodward, you'd see everyone practicing. I'm like, I wonder what that's, whatever that, that place is all about. So I went in and asked Ms. Donahue, no, I don't know. I was like, what, do you teach Kung Fu? What do you teach? And I go, oh, yeah, it's martial arts. It's Kung Fu. And I asked a couple of questions, and she scheduled me for an intro. And that was it. So what, how long were you there before you, because it sounds like you would get excited like a lot of people. You get excited, yeah. you practice, you have fun, and then it kind of fizzles out. Um, a lot of times, I think that's because there's not a deeper reason, a deeper thing that's pulling people in. When did you kind of feel that this was maybe different maybe a, a place where that we would keep keep you for nine years as opposed to the other two schools i think the when i really when it really soaked in that it was different was the i think my yellow sash test when we had to read it must have been second yellow when you first have to read a paper see if it gives you that topic 
you have to write a paper and he says, write it from the heart. And for me, I'm not, I've never really been able to express myself um, from the heart very well. So I was very heady about the paper and I, this, I wrote a heady paper. But sitting there and hearing everybody else's experiences and kind of the emotion that they poured into their papers, I sat there and I was, honestly, I was a little embarrassed about the paper I wrote because I didn't write it from the heart. And then I'm like, I could do better than this. And then kind of the vulnerability that everybody else showed in their papers. I'm like, this place is, this place, there's something special about this place because people don't do that. Especially in a martial arts school, you would never right. think someone would walk in and, and tell other people about their experience and how important it was to them and what the school meant to them and what it did for their lives. And that's where I really, it really kind of punched me in the face that I'm like, this, there's something really, really different about this place. Yeah. No, I, I, I think everybody has the same kind of experience. I, there's people that I've practiced with, I've known my entire life who I've probably never really seen outside of the dojo or, or don't know much about personally or see on a regular basis, but they're like a family. I mean, it feels like such a community in mm-hmm. you. Because I think that we get a chance to really know the important parts about each other because it is one of those rare places where we can be from the heart. We can be honest, open. We see each other. We celebrate each other's successes. Mm-hmm. We participate actively in some of the struggles that we have to right. go right. through. Um, it's just, it's an amazing place. And, uh, you can't, it's hard to put into words. Yeah, it it's is. hard it's, to put it's into very words. Difficult. Because, I mean, it, it really doesn't exist anywhere. I mean, I'm sure there's places like it, but you would never associate what I feel I get out of the practice with martial arts. And we always talk, you know, Sifu always talks about true martial This is what true martial arts is. And I think about that a lot because. You know, when I first started practicing, even before this school, it was just this exercise and punching and kicking and kind of that fantasy. You know, there was always that kind of connection to the mist, I guess, the mysticism of martial arts. Like there's some secret stuff. Did anybody ever mention any of the secret stuff before or was it just kind of alluded to? Did you practice meditation before you? Oh, no. No, 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 no. It was just something that I would, honestly, it was what I picked up from movies. Like, there's like, oh, there's this secret stuff that you learn by practicing. Right. But in the styles that I practiced, I I didn't ever feel like I was getting secret stuff. I felt like I was just learning how to punch and kick. And I kept waiting for it to happen, thinking that, you know, if you did it long enough, it would just the secret stuff would hit you. Right, right. But it didn't. No, that's because it, it's got to be more than punching and kicking or it's just it's an exercise program. Right. If, if it's just fighting, if it's exercise, then you're not going to stay your entire life. You know, you're going to be there for a few years, a couple of years, and it'll fizzle out and you'll start going to the gym or, or doing some, some other type of physical activity, but that's all there is to it. Right. Um, I was kind of alluded. I talked earlier about defending myself, all that, and that, that you're certainly very good at it. I've been telling a story for a week that last week, um, John and I were sparring. 
He hit me with a great right hand, almost blacked me out, almost knocked me out right there on the mat. No. And it did, it did. And I've been bragging about it for a week because it was, I, I love that. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that's not, obviously there's more to it, right? If we just wanted to get and put on some gloves and, and hit each other, you kind of lose interest there. Right. Um, so such an important aspect of the practice is being under those stressful situations, being yeah. somebody who's very skilled at practice like you for what, 16 years, yeah. um, hitting you, kicking you, pushing you, shoving you, grabbing you, and still being able to be in the moment, being able to control your breath, not just reacting, being right. able to respond well, as opposed to just react. You know, and for me personally, I know that without my meditation, without really purposefully working on that aspect of my life, I don't know where I'd be or that I'd be able to to respond to getting punched in the face and say, oh, yeah, that was a great shot, as opposed to getting angry about it or I've got to do something back to the person or that kind right, of thing. Right. So I see it kind of, I, I feel like I look at the whole world through these martial arts lenses. Uh -huh. it's, it's more than the than the physical, it's the... The meditative, the self-control, the discipline. I'm just tell me about that experience for you. <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess from from one aspect, you know, because I had practiced before, I understood about control, and understood about having that kind of physical pressure. But I never really connected what was going on internally with me with those situations until I started practicing here. So I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it was, more, it was more of because I looked at it like a sport, that was just part of the rules. You just had to, you had to have control. You had to be disciplined um, because that's, you know, that's part of the martial arts. But I think the interesting thing about our practice is that we go. We take it a little a step further, and we start to self-examine what is happening in those moments. At least I do. Um, and if I have a reaction, I go home. I'm like, oh gosh, why did I? What happened there that made me feel a certain way? Did I feel a little maybe afraid or stressed or whatever happened during that particular class? I always take home with me and and start thinking about it. And that's really what's really different about my practice now. So do you think, does that same ability to kind of re, to evaluate yourself and see how you're feeling, if you're responding, how you want to, do you see that? The goal, we'd like the dojo to be the dojo, mm -hmm. but obviously we hope you're not getting attacked on a daily basis. Right. You know, right. you have, you have stresses though in life and the same and the idea is to be able to take that same ability to breathe and and be who you want to be in that moment in the real world mm -hmm. and do you have you seen a difference in your life kind of since you've really committed yourself to your practice with how you interact with say your wife or your kids or your coworkers or absolutely absolutely i mean and it's been i mean it's it's not like one of those things that happens overnight right like early on you just you kind of go through these phases but at this point in my practice it doesn't ever really leave so everything everything is always related to what is happening in my real life so it, i guess my everyday life right 
so if something's happening at I always I feel like right now during my practice whatever happens in the dojo is like a lens to what is actually happening to me on the outside so if something's not happening in the dojo usually I feel like it's because there's something else I always find something in my life that I can identify as oh gosh that's the thing I need to work on the what the dojo does is just it it makes it makes that it just points it out to you mm-hmm. through whatever happens to you physically or emotionally while you're there. Tell me about meditation. Are you daily? What? That's one of the hardest things. Daily? <laughs> I do it. I am very good at doing it when my wife is out of town. Okay. I'm, I'm very disciplined when she is in town, not as disciplined. Luckily, she's gone half the month, so <laughs> so it works out really good. But it's for me, it's it's something that's very is still very hard. I mean, I would think after all these years, it would be easy. But it's it's I go through these. I just listened to your podcast about about walking, jogging, running, right. right. And I thought, wow, that's a great analogy. And that's, that's, for me, meditation is the hardest but the best part of it. I think as you, you've been practicing for years, you, you're, the level of critique that you give yourself also increases. What's the story Sifu always talks about a master who has been meditating for 70 years let's say and you know you say how's your practice coming he goes well i can almost get through a complete inhalation and a complete exhalation (laughs) you know and this is a guy who's been practicing 70 years so here we are two years in 10 years in 20 years in yeah and you know i I remember at one point i felt like i was getting worse right when i started it was just sit and be still and as long as and i was so unaware that if i didn't move i thought that was a great meditation and then I got a little bit deeper and then I would, I could tell the difference when I really instilled the mind and yeah. when I was just sitting there and then as it got better and it's, it's still, I mean, it's, it's a practice. It's not something you complete. It's still, I still struggle with it, but I, I got to realize just how restless my mind really is. And, and I had spent this time in my teens and twenties and early thirties thinking, Oh, I got this, you know, it's, right. it's done. But then after you, really understand you understand how much you don't get Mm -hmm. and how much harder it is to actually do the work Mm. so it it sometimes can feel like you're backsliding almost but i think sometimes that can be an indicator of actual progress being able to notice that you know what that's a i think that's a great point and it's actually something i should just i i was just talking about something similar to a friend of mine Along the same point, you know, it's, I was t- he was telling me he was going through a lot of struggle in his life right now, and he's doing some practices to help get out of it. And he says, I still feel like I'm sliding downhill, even after all these things that I've been doing. And it reminded me of one of Sifu's talks about um, peaks, valleys, and plateaus. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, well, to me, you know, we've been talking for a few months now, 
And what I'm hearing is that you're doing all these things and they're really hard. To me, you're not sliding downhill. You're going up the hill and that's why it's hard. That's a great point. Right? Because it's harder to push a rock up the hill than it is down. Right. But we always, it's kind of counterintuitive because you think when you're sliding downhill, everything's bad. You should be, that's when you're feeling all that struggle. But it's really, could be when you're, when you're going up the hill. No, absolutely. I mean, it's like anything else. If you're just out of shape and sitting on the couch, you think nothing's wrong. You know, when you start to actually work out and you realize how, how out of shape you are. <laughs> yeah. And then you, and you, then you realize you can't breathe and you're not strong and you're not right. flexible, but you are making progress. And it's through that discomfort, you know, that we actually make the growth. Right. So do you have a, a regimen? I know you said it's when it's easier when she's out of town. Do you typically try to do 10 minutes, 20 minutes? What's your, so my regimen is put the kids to bed, mm-hmm. go through forms, and then meditate. And it's as long, it's, it's almost always 20 minutes. And then usually it's just however long it goes until I can't, until I'm totally out or kid starts yelling my name or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's, I always, I always, I've, I've tried a bunch of different ways. I've tried, you know, Sifu's talked about doing it in the same place at the same time, and I've tried that, and it just doesn't work with the way that my household runs. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes I do forms in my bedroom, and I have a place there to sit. Sometimes I do it in the living room, and I have a place there to sit, and that's how I get into the right mind frame to meditate is I feel if I do some martial arts first then sit it's really helpful and that's just how I do it do you feel on days when you don't I mean do you feel a difference yeah can you well go ahead well one of the things I was talking to another student and he and he said that we haven't really pointed out how to meditate and we probably should do a talk or a video on that at some point and I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to do that now But trying to convey that feeling, I know when personally, when I don't, I can tell if I'm due to meditate. Like Mm -hmm. I I feel I can feel kind of more of a anxiety is a strong word, but, but kind of a tension maybe as opposed to an ability to just things, the the world seems to move slower if I've been sitting regularly, Mm -hmm. um, if I've been watching my breath and I, even if in the midst of the day, if I feel overwhelmed, if I just take five, six breaths very purposefully, very Mm -hmm. slowly, deeply, I feel an immediate difference in my ability to cope with what's going on. As I'm wondering if you have that kind of experience, if you let's, if your wife is in town, it's been a few days since you've really meditated. Do you, do you see a difference? Does she see a difference? Well, one of the reasons it's easier for me to meditate when my wife is out of town is because it's infinitely, my life is harder because now I'm alone with two kids mm-hmm. and usually my wife is gone from anywhere from two to five days. And as the days wear on, it just, it, it's basically you're two on one every day and you right. have no relief in sight. And 
the meditation really helps me deal with that, yeah. deal with that kind of pressure or stress from them. And I, when I don't, if I don't do it, I tell you, I'm not, I'm not the greatest dad. <laughs> so I think I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That's, that's, I was wondering how you're going to bring that around when you said that, cause it sounded like if she's in town, you can't meditate and she could get mad. Like I'm keeping you from practice, but it's almost like when she's there that she, it's like, how am I saying this? The, the quality, she's just peaceful, calm, she's, soothing. She makes everything. It's not as necessary. It was. Well, I would, she is very, she's, when she's there, it's a very calming effect on, mm -hmm. on me and it's, it's less stressful. And when she's not, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Right. It's hard. I, I mean, that's all. The only way I can explain it is that it's just really hard on me to, to not do it. So now I'm, now I make sure that I do it because it, it, I can definitely tell that I'm, I'm calmer. I can deal with, with all the little things that happens with kids throughout the day that, that stress you out. Is it something that if for whatever reason you guys, you move away, you know, let's you take a job in New York, you're, you're leaving here. I don't know if you would look to join another dojo or what you would do, but do you see yourself ever with this practice and the way that we do it, would you try to keep it up? I would only be the, the main reason is it would be the, the only way I could, it would be the only way I could stay connected to everything that I've kind of revolved my life around now. I mean, my wife and I, we live in Berkeley on 12 mile and, and Coolidge mm -hmm. and we're really close to the dojo and we've talked about, I mean, it's, it's that important to us that we've kind of made our lives around being there. And one of the, whenever we talk, I mean, every now and again, we talk about, well, what if we moved here? What if we did that? And like, well, where are we going to practice is always the question. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where we're so, it's so important to us that, It'd have to be some really great opportunity for us to say, "All right, right, this is it. We gotta, we gotta go." Do you have anything? I think we've kind of touched on a lot. We've talked about, you know, your practice. We we definitely need to get you daily meditating, yeah. obviously, but um, but that it, that you do understand the, the how important it is to you, and you kind of express that. Is there anything closing you think people should know? I think. For anybody that hasn't practiced anywhere else and just kind of thinks that this is how all martial arts schools are, I think that's the, like, the, and if you're listening to this, you already probably know, but that's why this, that's why there's, there's so much more to learn than just our techniques. And that if you really, I mean, open yourself up to it, it, it can really, affect your life in so many different ways. Like I said, I mean, my wife and I, we've, we use things that we learn in the dojo in business and in our careers all the time. <clears throat> she was, a she practiced a lot of yoga for mm -hmm. a long time. So she's kind of, she already had that mindset, but it wasn't until she practiced at the dojo. And she, she said this to me, we've talked about it 
that she really had the chance to learn how to work better with other people because yoga is kind of this solitary practice by yourself. In the dojo, we do a lot of partner work. So you got to learn how to deal with different types of personalities and different situations. And for me, it's the same way. I mean, I look at it every day, like even just this, just the peaks, valleys, and plateaus. I always, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm always, something always comes up that I learned in the dojo that I can apply right. or talk about to, with somebody else. Right. And that's really what I try to do all the time now. I mean, it just, it just happens naturally, but it always gives you, gives me a chance to reflect on, on things I can get better at. I think it makes you a better partner, man. I mean, obviously in, in the dojo, on the mats, but partner, if it's business, marriage, friendship, whatever you're working, you're just more open and you're understanding, you know, and, and you're able to really be there for the person. Yeah. And you, and as you said, you get the techniques. It's, it's so much more than that. You can learn the techniques pretty quickly you know, in terms of front punch, reverse punch. Sure. There's really not much to that. You can spend a lifetime perfecting them or trying to perfect them, but the actual curriculum mm-hmm. you can get through. But I think it's that self-study. And after a few years, you're really learning about you when you're in the dojo. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. And I think that's, that's, that's one of the best parts of it. And, you know, kind of to go back to the beginning, we had, you know, my two children, I can't wait to get them in. I mean, we, we kind of talk about it now mm-hmm. and we, there's times where, uh, my daughter say, Oh, are you going to go play? Are you going to go play Kung Fu? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to go practice. And we always try to set her straight because we want her to have the right etiquette when she comes in. But even with them, it's, we have conver- we have similar conversations with our children that are kind of, in children talk, but it's the same principles that we're trying to convey to them. And we're trying to raise them in this, in this different kind of, I guess, way of life and just trying to figure out how to do it. Cause I think that's the other great thing about the dojo is that for me, after I got out of school and started my career, you don't, there's not really any place where you can learn about, there's no book or, or, Nobody teaches you how to deal with things. They say, all right, you either gut it out or there's right. there's some cliche things. But what are the actual things I can do that will help me get better in my life? What are some some practices that I can do? Meditation where, you know, is very important. The talks that Sifu gives. Everything, that's, that's almost, to me, that's almost bigger than the actual physical practice. The physical practice is just the... I guess the the connection between what you've heard and kind of having it go through your body somehow is I think that's kind of the magic part. Right. It's like when that all comes together, that's that secret martial arts stuff that's that I was looking for. Stuff. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that's a it's a it really makes me happy that you feel like that, and it makes me really thankful that you're in the dojo, and I sincerely mean I love practicing with you and I appreciate you taking the time 
and um, and sharing your experience of your practice with us. We've practiced for a long time, but I we never really had a chance to sit and talk, and this was great. Yeah. I loved it. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. All right, thank you. <laughs>